0: How's everybody doing? <laughs> not really, huh? Okay. Hey, a couple of words about 21 days of prayer. When the Roman soldiers would lock their shields, advancing against an enemy, they would lock their shields above them, and in front of them, were, they were not able to be penetrated, and they just rolled over people. And when we pray hour by hour over these 21 days from five in the morning until midnight, we're locking our shields. It's like an unbroken chain. And here's the good news. We have 18 slots available. We've completed uh, a week uh, entirely, an hour each. So there are 18 slots available, and it would be uh, wonderful if we could fill those up this morning. So right after the service, uh, you can go on to the back, see uh, Kathy... Um, she over there, all right? She she in the back. Matt, can you be in the back as well, helping? So we can sign up. And nothing encourages me like answered prayer. Nothing encourages me to pray. So when you get an answer to prayer, be sure and post it. Sending send it to us. We'll get it out to everybody who is praying. And the idea is, like, if I'm my my time is Thursday morning at seven o'clock. So at seven, I'm going to get a call or a text or an email from somebody who's praying from 6 to 7. And when I finish at 8, then I'm going to pass it to the person who's in my home, Ruthie. I think she's praying at 8. So she'll know to be praying, and then she'll go ahead and let the person know afterwards. And we have an an unbroken chain uh, for 21 uh, days. So if you've got questions, hopefully this little uh, sheet of paper will be helpful. I came across this this week, When God intends great mercy for His people, the first thing He does is set them to praying. Matthew Henry said that 300 years ago. Samuel Chadwick, who was a pastor the last century, said the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. So we're going, to give, we're going to give 21 days to seeking the Lord. And what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about a particular kind of prayer that some of us are really going to need this week. I first heard about it from a friend who visited Korea, and he came back and he had been to a Korean church service, and he told me that in that particular church service, the people all prayed out loud, really loud, he said together. And I said, why do they do that? And he said, well, Sam, that's the way so much of the praying is done in the Bible. For example, 1 Kings 17, Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought tragedy upon this widow that I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O oh, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived, or over in the New Testament. When Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he... And you know it had to be loud with the storm, sound of the storm. He shouted it Lord, save me! And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. This last week in my own Bible reading, I was in Acts 4, where the apostles had been threatened if they continued to preach, they would be jailed or they would be tortured, perhaps even put to death. It says they went back to their own people. They found their small group or their their house church or their the, the place where people were gathered. And Acts 4.24 says, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. A blind beggar cried out to Jesus to heal him. A little widow was being unjustly treated by a judge who feared not God or man. And she repeatedly cried out to him, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Amos, Jonah, Job Hannah cried out to God for a child. Moses cried out to God when they were in the desert and could not find water. And to be honest, all of those were simply Bible stories for me until a trip that we made 20 years ago, one of the greatest experiences of my life. On a cool Sunday morning, we left our hotel in Queens, New York, and went into Brooklyn to a place where people were lined up outside of a building. And it was not a Broadway show. It was to get into a church service at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And maybe you've heard their music, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, and it's really one of the miracles of our time because years ago, that church was failing, almost dead, and then the wind of the Spirit began to blow on that church. And now people are lined up outside to get into the building. I had actually met Jim Simbola's daughter that we heard about last week, saw the little video, met her husband. And out of the blue, I got a call from Jim Simbola, and he asked if my wife and I could come to the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And we, we did. They had four services, each service two hours a day. We left our hotel at 730, and we didn't get back until midnight. And I've never quite been an experience like like that. We stayed over and went to their Tuesday night prayer meeting and uh, so many things stuck out to me in, in that visit. Uh, the way the people sang, the racial diversity of that church, the way Pastor Symbala led in that church, but nothing touched me like the praying of the people. It was white, hot prayer. They were, some of them were crying and some of them were shouting and it was just full of tears and, and energy and brokenness. And Pastor Symbalus said he believes the secret of the tabernacle is the prayers of the people. In fact, he wrote in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, this. The Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Preaching, music, the reading of the word, these are fine. I believe and practice all of them. But they must never override prayer as the defining mark of God's indwelling. The honest truth is that I have seen God do more in people's lives during 10 minutes of real prayer than in 10 of my sermons. Have you ever noticed that Jesus launched the Christian church not while someone was preaching, but while people were praying? Am I the only one who gets embarrassed when religious leaders in America talk about having prayer in public schools? We don't even have that much prayer in many churches. It was like, walking back into the pages of the New Testament for us. It was just real Christianity, God's people crying out to God. And then I came across this little book called The Power of Crying Out, where the author writes this, After knowing the Lord Jesus and teaching His, studying His Word for many years, it's only recently that I made what was for me a life-changing discovery. I saw the Bible makes a distinction between prayer and crying out. Crying out means voicing aloud to God our need for Him, especially in times of great trouble. When circumstances have no solution and our regular prayers seem to have no answer, we cry out. So I want to answer, I'm going to try to answer three questions. What does it mean to cry out? Why do it? And how do you begin? So what does it mean? And what's interesting is the Bible uses such a variety of words to describe prayer. And sometimes it's quiet prayer. Sometimes it's whispering a prayer or a groan uh, that we have. But so much of the talk about prayer in the Bible is this idea of crying out. In fact, these Hebrew words. And by the way, if I mispronounce them, nobody knows how these words were pronounced. I mean, they have modern Hebrew, but nobody knows if that's the way it was pronounced then. Quara, which means to call out with a loud shout, as in the passage that I shared means so much to us. Uh, Psalm 50, verse 15, Call to me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Or hama, to cry out with a loud murmuring. Sometimes it's used of roaring or growling. But I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening and morning and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. Or the word shava, higher-pitched shout for help. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried out to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him in his ears. Or tasakwa, a cry of great uh, distress. The righteous cry out. The Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their trouble. Over and over and over, when David found himself in a place that he... He didn't know what to do and found himself in a place of either danger or desperation. He cried out in a loud voice to the Lord. It was like crying out was the hinge on which the power of God swung. Rena, a ringing, shrill cry for Help. To you I call, O Lord my God. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help. Or I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift my voice to the Lord for mercy. And one of the most striking differences between the prayers that we pray today and the prayers of the Bible is this very element. It's not like God's deaf, not like He can't read our thoughts. He knows our thoughts before we think them. But there is something about lifting our voice in a loud voice to the Lord that seems to draw uh, his strength, his power. U.S. Congressman and retired Air Force Colonel Sam Johnson said this, quote, during the Vietnam War, I was a prisoner of war for seven years. Nearly half of that in solitary confinement, I was a captive In leg irons for 18 months, all I could do was cry out to the Lord. I would not have survived were it not for God's grace, peace, and goodness. I know the power of crying out. And I want to read to you something from the Dallas Morning News, October 28, 2001. It's a story by columnist Steve Blow. Sherman Jackson and seven-year-old daughter headed to church Sunday night. They stopped for gas on their way to church. As they were about to drive away, a 30-ish man walked up. Hey, man, I need your help. Could you please help me jumpstart my car? I'll pay you to help me. Sherman thought about being late for church, but he invited the man into the front seat, his daughter in the back. He drove off, and they, were not, they had not gone far when the man reached into a pocket, pulled out a revolver, pointed it at Sherman's rib cage. Okay, man, you give me all your money right now, or I'm going to unload this gun on you. Sherman was terrified, of course, mad at himself for putting his daughter in danger. Okay, this is all I have on me, he said, pulling out his money clip. The robber didn't believe him. Not at all. Give it all. He shoved the gun harder into Sherman's ribs. Sherman, who's an insurance agent, keeps Gideon Bibles in his car with a dollar bill tucked into each one of them for the homeless. The gunman spotted the bill sticking out and began to scream at Sherman, you lied to me. There's more money here. Something came over Sherman, and he began to pray out loud, Father in heaven, hear my cry deliver me from this present evil. He felt a sudden calm. He slowed his car, began to make a U-turn. The gunman screamed, what are you doing? He said, this car is being turned around and I'm not taking orders from you anymore. The gunman put his gun against Sherman's chest. You don't get it, man. You mean nothing to me. I'll pull this trigger. No, you don't understand. Sherman cut him off. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. My Jesus is stronger than your gun. He could see the gunman tug at the trigger. The hammer drew back, but Sherman didn't flinch. He pulled over and stopped. I want to tell you about Jesus, he said to the gunman. The man wavered, lowered his gun, dropped his head, and when he looked up, he was crying. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry I was going to shoot you. Don't worry about that now. I forgive you, Sherman said. He began to tell the gunman about new life through believing in Jesus. Sherman urged the man to go to church with him, but the man declined. He asked Sherman to drive him to his car at a store. And along the way, the man told Sherman about all of his problems. He said his name was Mike. He reached out to shake Sherman's hand. Sherman continued talking to him about starting his life anew with God. As they neared the grocery, Sherman said, By the way, Mike, I want my money clip back. (laughs) Do what? Mike exclaimed then he meekly handed it over and sherman went on you can keep this new testament read like you've never read anything before i'm going to be praying for you that god will come into your life dallas morning news october 28th 2001 so why do we cry out to the lord like i said it's not that god cannot hear us it's not that the only uh, only way of praying is screaming out to God. No, we whisper, we think, all kinds of ways of praying, but there are three ways that I see reason why to cry out to the Lord. Here's the number one. Jesus often cried out to his Father. Look at Hebrews 5, 7 through 8. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Now, for a long time, I thought that referred to the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before the cross, when he's on his knees and he's he's pleading for this cup to be taken away. That's not what it's talking about because it says, in the days of his flesh, This was Jesus' continual prayer pattern, and it says he was heard. What was he heard? How how was he heard? Was it to be saved from death? No, because we know that he went ahead and and he died. Verse 8, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus considered disobedience more horrible than death on the cross. He was praying and crying out to God, don't let me be disobedient. Let me follow you all the way. And he lived his life obedient to the Father in spite of all kinds of distractions. It says in the text, because his pattern was, at least a part of his prayer life, was crying out to God. And if the Son of God had to cry out for obedience when temptation was strong, you think we might need to? Are you ever subject to severe temptation? Have you ever felt like you were being pulled into temptation? Like you could, almost couldn't resist? What do you do? Well, you can follow the pattern of Jesus and cry out to God for rescue, deliverance, You can shout out, oh, God, save me, help me, keep me clean, help me obey you. So Jesus cried out. Here's a second reason. God promises to hear us when we cry out to him. In fact, he invites us to. Psalm 22, 4 and 5. In you, our fathers put their trust, they trusted, and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were saved, in you they trusted and were not disappointed. How did the people of Israel express their trust? It says in the text, they they cried out. So crying out is not an expression of lack of faith. it's, It's an expression of faith. The old Puritan Samuel Rutherford said, Fervor is a heavenly ingredient in prayer, even though God hears prayers only as offered in Christ and not because of its warmth, an arrow drawn with full strength has a speedier issue. Intense prayers prevail and are answered. The cry adds wings to the prayer as a swift courier speeds his message of life and death to the king during a time of war. There's a sort of violence offered to God in fervent prayer. There is strength and muscles in such prayers. Psalm 55, I call to God And the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. Psalm 56, 9. Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help, and by this I will know that God is for me. How do you know God's for you? How do you know God's hand is on your life? It's that your enemies turn back. And why do they turn back? What does the verse say? They turn back when I call for help. So to cry out with a loud voice for God's help with all the emotion that's in you because the situation is desperate, that's a humbling experience. And I think that's the reason most of us don't do this. Because it's it's humiliating. And we often resist it because we're proud and we want people to believe we've got it all together. We don't like to admit that we have a problem we cannot overcome. And that attitude causes God to turn his face for a moment because God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And when we cry out to God, we are admitting we are not God. Only God is the center of our lives. Psalm 116, I love the Lord. Read this with me. Let's read together. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I... I was in a church service a few years ago, and we were singing like we were a few moments ago, and people were just singing their hearts out. And a young man came running down the the aisle, and he just kind of fell on some steps that were there. And then he began to wail like an animal that was hurt. Just just screaming, what do you do? You're singing, and this guy's wailing. And then he got up and ran out to the back, and a deacon who was sitting near the back walked out in the lobby with him and led Nathan Powell to Christ. Nathan Powell, was involved in drugs and all kinds of stuff. And he had come, he literally had come to the end of himself and in absolute desperation, ran down to the front and just started screaming and ran to the back. And today, Nathan still serves the Lord. Simner Wimp was a Bible teacher at Liberty for many years. Was not raised in a Christian home. Never heard the Bible till he was 17. Never held a Bible until he was 17. A friend asked him to church, and he cursed his friend, called him names, laughed, but his friend would not take no, and so Sumner went with his friend to church. First time in his life he heard that God loved him, that God had a purpose for bringing him into the world. And the third time he went to church, he trusted in Christ, and his life began to change. And I just want to quote this man. I wanted desperately to quit smoking, but nothing seemed to work. I would tear up my cigarettes, then buy more. I would mash each cigarette, saying, I hate you, then go out and buy another pack. My parents smoked, which added to the difficulty of quitting. I prayed to quit, then went back to the habit. One January morning, I was sitting outside the newspaper station in Jacksonville, Florida, 4 o'clock in the morning, waiting for newspapers to arrive so I could begin my delivery route. Anybody remember what a newspaper is? I was so burdened to quit smoking, and I was keenly aware of my inadequacy to do it from the depths of my heart i literally yelled god take these cigarettes from me with gratefulness to god i can honestly say i have not touched a cigarette since that day over 60 years ago pat williams some of you know that name managed the chicago bulls the atlanta hawks philadelphia 76ers he co-founded the orlando orlando magic been married for 10 years when his wife told him i don't care anymore i hate this marriage it's boring me to death. You never share your work or your dreams with me. You never act as if I'm important to you in front of people. All I get are the crumbs of your life. Pat Williams said, I couldn't sleep. The next day, I surrendered to the Lord in total honesty, and in tears, I cried out, Lord, do whatever you have to do with me. I've got a crisis here that I caused, crushed me, show me, help me. And in his book, Rekindled, He tells how that cry triggered the process of restoration in his marriage. So Jesus often cried out. God promises to hear us and invites us to cry out to him. I'll give you one more reason. We have needs only God can meet. This church has needs only God can meet. Some of you know what they are. We have some real desperate needs. We have elders who desperately need wisdom. We need deacons who desperately need wisdom. We have a transition team that desperately needs God's guidance. And there are many of us in this room who have needs that are continuing in our life. And because we have needs, we have a tool. We have an instrument. Call it a weapon. To cry out to God. You're wondering, are we going to look into the Bible? Yes. Psalm 107. If you brought a Bible, go to Psalm 107. This is a song with four verses. And it describes four kinds of people in desperate situations. All of them. Uh, beyond their control. Emotional needs, spiritual needs, relational needs, physical needs. Verse 1, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has delivered, whom, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Let me stop for just a moment. On the first Sunday of January, of, of February, we want to hear testimonies of what God did during 21 days of prayer. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we'll have a kind of a testimony service on that morning. You won't want to miss it. Whom he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert waste, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them in from their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of men, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of His deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. For He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heavens. They went down to the depths. I get seasick just reading it. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the deeds of man. In every scenario, what made the difference, what turned the tide was they cried out to the Lord, and he heard them. So just ask this question. What kind of need do you have? What kind of need do you have in your life? Anybody here need courage? Anyone need strength? You're in some kind of a testing time in life. Psalm one thirty-eight three. When I called, you answered me, and you made me bold and stout-hearted. Anyone need to? Assure, you just need assurance to know God's with you. That God is for you, that his hand is on your life. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Anybody here need wisdom? This is a hand show. Anybody here need wisdom? let see your hands. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Are there any young people here who need wisdom about going to college, going to school, a career, what you're going to be doing, how to deal with your family right now? Anybody here need wisdom and you're young? Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Any middle-aged adults here who need wisdom about your aging parents and what to do, about your kids and what's going on in the life of your children, about job opportunities, yes or no, about careers, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Any senior adults here need wisdom. You're facing decisions about where to live, what kind of care you're going to need. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Anyone here need justice? You're being harassed. You're being bullied. Someone's abusing you. Will not God bring about justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Sometimes the answer is delayed. Days go by. Nights go by. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth, he will see. God will see they get justice and quickly. Anyone here need healing? I called to you for help, and you healed me. Friends, I believe God sometimes creates needs in our life, circumstances that cause us to depend upon Him, that bring us right to the edge, and we have nowhere else to go but to cry out to Him, and we demonstrate to a watching world what faith can make possible. I would just say call to Him in your need. Last question, how do we start? And to be honest, some of us are really uncomfortable right now with this sermon because we think prayer and my walk with God is kind of private and it's personal and you ought to keep your beliefs to yourself and prayers ought to keep them to yourself and you ought to be dignified and you ought to be proper you ought to be respectable. Or maybe you just feel empty. Sometimes you feel like God's just really far away. Maybe you wonder how Crying out to God with an audible voice could help in any way. True story. A man's wife was suffering from cancer. He took a long walk. He determined to lift his voice and cry to God his fears, his hopes, his requests. At first, he felt foolish, very self-conscious. Doubts kept telling him, this is a gimmick. Do it anyway. Something happened. Tears came to his eyes. Fear and urgency spilled out, just gushed out before God. He felt more like a child with his father than he could ever remember. He said later, praying that way made all the difference, and it would not have happened if he had not swallowed his pride, set aside his doubts, and humble himself before the Lord. We begin 21 days of prayer tomorrow morning. I'd like us to begin today by crying out to the Lord. So would you stand to your feet, please? This is the prayer I'd like us to cry out to the Lord. Um, We can just read it. But I encourage you to lift your voice loud. We do it when the Cowboys play. And we're just talking to the TV, right? We do it and cheer on our kids at graduation. And the Lord invites us because Jesus did it. And he promises to hear us when we do. And we have such great needs. I want to invite you to join me in crying out to the Lord. And I'm going to turn the mic off (laughs) because I'm going to cry out to the Lord as well. Are you ready? I'm going to ask those who are going to serve on the prayer team if they would just come forward right now. Guys and ladies, if you can help us. And we're willing to cry out to God with you and for you. But I want to close with prayer. And then we're launching into 21 days of prayer. And if you're not signed up, I really hope that you will. I encourage you to do that. You can do it right out at the desk outside. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord, I pray that these words we have read from your word would ring in our hearts. And there would be times this week, this month, this year, when we find ourselves alone or with a small group perhaps, And we literally cry out to you. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness, your love. Thank you for not leaving us without an avenue to express our need. Thank you for hearing our prayers when we whisper them, when we think them, when we pray in groups, when we pray hour by hour. And Lord, thank you also that you have not neglected our emotions or turned away. But you give us this avenue. We love you. We leave under your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.